Hi, it's Sarah from Weird Horizon. Thank you for joining me again as we discuss Hollow Earth, potential theories for how to get there, and more importantly, whether we'd visit. Thank you again for listening, and please join me next week when we take a deep dive into the history of the formation of the theory itself. I know there are scientists who have dabbled in the idea of reaching the core of the Earth, so obviously they don't believe in a hollow Earth, they rightly believe that the Earth is several layers, you know, you've got a crust and then you've got an outer core and an inner core and, and it's all molten metal and, and rock and everything. Yeah. There's not been attempts, obviously, but, you know, there's been ideas about how could you feasibly get a man in, like, the mole from Thunderbirds to the centre of the Earth you know, and what kind of materials you'd need and how wide the hole would have to be and how long it would take and all that kind of stuff. One idea that I really liked the sound of was the molten iron probe idea mm-hmm. where you find an iron ore deposit somewhere yeah. on Earth that's untapped. You melt it with um, very high heat explosives. You stick a, um, a probe that can survive the heat inside and then because it's molten it will continue to melt through the crust and into the core where it won't cool down because it's just getting hotter and because it's this iron ore it will sink further and further and further and further and won't be disrupted by you know traveling through these layers of heat iron already yeah. yeah and so long as you had a probe that could sit in the middle of this and just not melt you know it could transmit its distance back up to the surface and that would be one way of reaching the center of the earth sounds very science fiction i have no idea if it's a like a feasible thing but that sounds as reasonable as a guy in like i don't know a rocket with the drill on the front yeah it does sound more reasonable than just trying to dig it yeah um because just trying to dig to the center of the earth just every meter you go down it's just going to get harder it's going to get hotter and gravity is going to be acting more severely on you and how do you get the shit out yeah you're digging up this dirt how are you supposed to get it back out again yeah actual real life minds struggle with this today like normally can't just dig another hole and put the dirt in there the deeper you want to go down the wider the quarry surrounding it Mm -hmm. becomes you know you've got to clear out more space to bring in heavier equipment yeah because it's just getting more and more difficult yeah there's not really a system that exists that can just bore straight down. We need a big worm, really. Big worms, man. I like the idea of that. Please tell me there's, like, hollow earth theory in Dune. Not that I've read, but I, I get the feeling there's a hint towards it. <laughs> like, there's a worm realm. Like, I mean, there's more going on with the worms. I thought <laughs> I'd just put it that way. The worm lore goes pretty deep, so I would not be surprised if it turns <laughs> out these like a worm world. <laughs> What was I saying? So I got very distracted by worms. Big worms, big gorillas with with axes. Yeah, I think that from a scientific perspective, digging holes in sort of subterranean societies, especially in the modern day in popular fiction, especially in sort of Mm post-apocalyptic settings, you know, you've got these ideas of humanity riding out the the end of the world in... Yeah, of course. Just going underground. Um, yeah, yeah, whether that's in the, the Metro novels or the, the Fallout games. In real life, you know, there's the idea of there was going to be an atomic strike. People were going to get in the subways. The president would go to a bunker and it would all be underground. These sophisticated bunker networks. Those exist, but that's like, that is nothing compared to what 
hollow earth would require, mm-hmm. like the distances uh, that you'd have to travel and the the size of these areas, it would be huge. You know? Yeah, I think we're just it's less scary to imply that there is a big cavern and you know what's in it rather than. <laughs> There are holes underneath us right now. We don't know what's in it. Because like, yeah. we don't. The amount of unexplored cave systems. I watched The Descent the other day. I shouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> even just in a relatively relatively explored places, there are still cave systems that are completely untouched as far as we know. And mm. like they're everywhere and we don't even know the extent of them. Like, I think that's way scarier and I'm way more interested in that as like a sci-fi <laughs> concept. Just right. something coming out of a cave rather than there being this like enclosed world. Because it always seems like there's an entrance to it if you know how to get to it, but like it is purposely kind of separate from our worlds yeah. and only ever sort of intercedes in very specific ways. Right from the very beginning, we were talking about, you know, there's regular normal outside world and then there's hollow earth, which, and it's like, that's its own thing. The people living there, they got nothing to do with us. This idea of it being maybe much closer than we think mm. of them happening upon us. Yeah, uh, is is that's the scary way to do it. We want to make yeah. it scary. Scary. We want to make it scary. I don't know if um, readers of uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth were supposed to be scared by the idea of pterodactyls and and sea monsters and plesiosaurs. I think it's wonderment, like yeah, because at the end of it, they they get back home safe and they all just carry on with their lives. Like that um, wouldn't be yeah. life changing. <laughs> like the professor, of course, he gets just like oh well done oh congrats it doesn't seem to fundamentally change how they view the world no and they're just like cool found that really cool thing <laughs> tick that one off the list you know as if it wouldn't uh change everything you thought you knew about everything earlier i i said that you know if there was a hollow earth you know i think we'd shake it off pretty quickly which i still kind of believe but an element of that is that it it all it kind of makes sort of scientific sense if it was feasible and travelable too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that sort of wonder and the possibility, that that dream of, you know, what if there's something there, I think is lost by it being real. Oh yeah, it would be a tourist destination within <laughs> like a year, wouldn't it? Ride the world's longest escalator, free fall for 18 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I went, it was shit. All I got was a stupid t-shirt and a rock. There's nothing there, it's just like the outside. <laughs> How depressing. It's like Loch Ness, you know, it's fun to imagine, you know, what or what if there was a dinosaur in the lake, you know, wouldn't that be fun? If Nessie washed up on the shore one day, like he finally captured oh, no. it in, <laughs> that would just, it wouldn't do us any favours. So <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you know, you just, tourists walk along and there's just like this ichthyosaur that's washed up and people are like, oh, jeez. Was real all along. Dead now. Dead oh. now, oh no. Stuff him, put him in a box. <laughs> so you wouldn't go then? So, Lewis, I've got some tickets. We're going to Hollow Earth. You're I'm, not coming? I might go to Hollow Earth. If you said I've got tickets to Hollow Earth and i got tickets to Japan, mm. you know. Well, I've never been to Japan either. I don't know if there's 300 varieties of Kit Kat in Hollow Earth. There is, but they've they've all developed independently in our <laughs> um, So they're they're special special cultural relevance that you won't understand. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, if there was dinosaurs and stuff down there, 
great, but as, as we've said, based on our own literature, you know, our fantasies of what we find down there, if there is like this, this other people, this race of ancient humans or, or perhaps advanced non-humans, some Cetopians or whatever, it's theirs, right? Be... I mean, I'd like to think so, but... <laughs> I, I guess maybe other people disagree. You're yeah. talking about like how far does like land ownership permeate to mm-hmm. the centre of the earth and good luck trying to like respect international boundaries when they go down as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're not legally attributed to any country... Mm. Are you sort of protected by rights? You know, are you protected by the Geneva Convention? Yeah. Well, there's plenty of countries which some countries just refuse to believe exist, right? If this whole other country just suddenly appears and it's got a language and a utopian society suddenly thrown into the mix, that, you know, that would cause all kinds of uproar. Yeah, it's really strange because the people who believe that there may be a society within there that is utopian are also the kind of people who believe that everything on the surface is corrupt and shit (laughs) um i guess because you kind of need to but they clearly believe that there is some society that can be good it's not like just an anti-establishment thing it's like this society specifically (laughs) like we were doing it right before these guys know what's going on but world as it is now is universally fucked yeah we've moved away from the good old fashioned things but luckily the people down below ground they never got past that point they never went what we went through so they they've still got the old stuff going for them but wouldn't if we had access to this inner world are we not gonna just corrupt them and eventually bring them to the point that we're at almost certainly you know you're telling me the cia wouldn't do a coup on the cetopians that's why people aren't trying to get there they respect their no (laughs) (laughs) that's a good joke uh that would be a nice thought an international team of explorers discovered the inner earth back in like the 1800s and signed a legally binding document with that said you can't disturb us and it's still being respected for we've got another 200 years on the clock Whenever the president gets ushered in, it's just like, all right, Mr. President, listen, in 130 years, this document becomes void. We've got to go back. It's just Atlantis, isn't it? Like, not to, you know, I'll just edit this down. Nice to imagine an idea of a society that got it all right, you know? And they were so much better than uh, other society that also sunk. God, I can't remember. There was another one alongside Atlantis, and basically Atlantis were the, the good guys. They were practicing Plato's idea of how society should be run, and then there's the other one that was the overreaching military power, naval power, and they both sunk into the sea. So Wow, two of them. Yeah. That's, unfo- that's two for two. That's very unfortunate. So if we go with that, um, all that would happen is we'd bring down this hollow earth society with us. I mean, yeah... It's kind of depressing. Unless their society is, like, abhorrent to us. One of the, the early stories I was reading about, like, um, one of the things that happens is this explorer from 1800s Denmark uh, mm-hmm. finds this hollow earth after falling for an hour or whatever. He gets to this place, and he's horrified to discover that they're, like, these mole people. But the women moles are treated with the same respect as the men. And they can 
run in office and do politics and stuff and he's disgusted he goes to like the mayor of the mole people and it's just like i can't believe that you guys are doing this so they kill him you know but there's this idea what if we discovered that they're essentially aliens at this stage you know mm -hmm. there's this group of people who are living in this life that is completely free the last ten thousand years of human development yeah and we get to them and it turns out that they eat their neighbor's children as a courtesy. How could we possibly interpret a completely alien group of people's way of life? We couldn't. <laughs> yeah, and to call it utopian is a hell of an assumption. Yeah, how could you possibly understand uh, a sort of people who have grown up in completely different circumstances to you, to the point that you can judge whether it's like perfect or not, <laughs> you know? It just doesn't make any sense. There's no, how could you, realistically say any society is a utopia it's just such a naive viewpoint that like you don't really get utopian fiction nowadays it's all utopian satire because you know <laughs> it looks like a utopia on the surface yeah but, but underneath below it doesn't exist we know that for ages ever since suburbia was invented you know this wonderful suburban wonderland you know where there's a, a fridge in every house and a apple pie waiting for the man when he gets back home it's always like a horror story now whenever you see like you know 50s style suburbia in in movies or whatever it is one-to-one -one with the idea that there's secretly some seedy stuff mm -hmm. going on behind the scenes yeah but like you say it's the same with utopia there exists no fictional utopia that I can think of where they're not secret eugenicists or, yeah. you know, the, the capital from the Hunger Games or something, you know. For it to be utopian, everyone would have to want the same things because people naturally want things that are contrary to each other. So if you're trying to please two people who've got completely contrary wants, you're not going to be able to do it. That's why I think it's so fucking funny. <laughs> the idea that this the centre of the earth is utopian and somehow contains... Dinosaurs and Nazis and Vikings and just massive groups of completely different people with completely different aims and outcomes that they want. And how are you going to please these people? What world is going to be perfect to a fucking dinosaur and also a Nazi scientist? What? How are they going to coexist? Yeah, I, I don't see it happening unless there was like a weird... Nazi Jurassic Park where the dinosaurs yeah. were fed really nicely, I guess. If you said this was some sort of fucking hellscape bin <laughs> where you can fall into accidentally. Like going back to old school hell. Yes, like... purgatory. You can fall into here and it contains every other civilization who's been wiped off the planet for whatever reason. They've all fallen into this fucking hole just to suffer in the dark together. Yeah, great. I believe that. Like... But yeah, how are these scientists... <laughs> Just chilling out with the fucking dinosaurs. Like you said, how can you create a, a dinosaur utopia? A lot of dinosaurs eat other dinosaurs, as far as I'm aware. It's not going to be great for the dinosaurs to get eaten. Yeah, like, it's this enclosed ecosystem as well. You ever wonder why, like, animals in the rainforest are so poisonous? It's because they're in, like, a, a venom and poison arms race, where, like, you get a frog that's super-duper poisonous, so, like, a snake will develop resistance so it can eat the frog so the frogs become even more poisonous mm -hmm. you know it keeps going you'd be going down into this hollow earth where like t-rexes are just mouths and, <laughs> and triceratops is a weighed down from the front with spikes <laughs> and the vikings exist 
beasts, but they're specifically like dinosaur repellent somehow. <laughs> they just exist to be really disgusting to dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. So they coexist, but you know, they are different rungs of the, the food <laughs> chain here. Take it back. I can think of one modern utopian kind of. Go on. It's, it's the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. Kind of, because modern Star Trek stuff is is about sort of poking holes in yeah. the utopia. So it's like only the Federation is under threat from artificial intelligences, corruption, and you know evil generals are covering stuff up. You know the usual. No different from our current society. But I guess it's utopian in the idea that no one's racist. People in wheelchairs can be on I mean, I guess, starships. But then... That's like something that's like quite easily achievable in today's world. You don't have to go to the fucking centre of the earth to find a place. They're not racist except for specific races that they hit <laughs> all of them. It's like, well, you know, you've got to be careful about these Klingons, man. I tell yeah. you. Yeah. I said, like, you're non-racist, you're not sexist, you believe in politics unless it's Klingons. Yeah. At least if we're looking at the old style stuff. Like, well, What I'm trying to say is we can make the, the real world a better place in terms of equality and egalitarianism. Those things can be helped by getting rid of ignorance and, and learning and understanding one another. We've, you know, we've got technology. effort, Lewis. Yeah, I know, I know. But what if you just go to the centre of the earth and everyone there, they've already done it, you know? Figured it out, yeah. It's a utopia. All of that stuff already done so yeah we, we could try and make the world a, a better place or we could just dig a really big hole and hide our heads in it i've got 15 pounds <laughs> well pull that together with my 820 maybe we can buy a couple of spades good spades yeah <laughs> from the john deere store and we'll... made in the uk <laughs> yeah none yeah. of that made in china <laughs> You know, um, we've got to start somewhere where it's easy to dig, like um, like the beach, and, um, <laughs> and just start going. Let's go. Operation Go to the Center of the Earth. Yeah. When I was a kid, it was all about digging to China. Mm. Now, I don't have a globe with me. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, well, my, my globe's full of drinks. That's my hollow. Yeah, is China is on the opposite of the world to America, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's the the other part of the hemisphere. That's right. Yeah, just, I'm pretty sure that's like an American originated phrase. You know, just like yeah, a hole through to China. What is on the opposite of the Earth to us? That's a great question. Oh, it's a globe. It's probably. I mean, if I had to guess, statistically, it would be just, you know, the sea. You dig through the core of the earth, and then with one final strike of the, the spade, you are flushed all the way back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, statistically, it's most likely. I need to find out now. My, my curiosity has been aroused. To summarise, from hollow earth theory, as we know it now... Sorry. Go on. We'll, no, we'll go... Uh, the, geographically, uh, the antipodes of Britain and Ireland are in the Pacific Ocean, south of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, ocean. Knew it. So I was reading... Obviously, what I was reading about the history of hollow earth, there's very specific bits about it that is brought forward to, like, modern hollow earth theory. This idea of, like... The real American John Sims, just someone with a loud enough voice and enough effort putting forward a theory and it getting popular attention. I think that's part of it that really captures people's imaginations. Like you don't have to be a scientist to have people pay attention to you, whether it's kind of 
for good or bad reasons. For sure. I understand that. That's a real facet of it. And so even very early uh, fiction examples like we were talking about bring in quite quickly ideas that stick with it, like the coded message at the beginning of Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Like <laughs> this idea of there's a, a message clearly out there, but you just have to dig and find it. That's what people do. I said a lot of the writings on Hollow Earth, the proofs that people have are just digging back forever and further for just any kind of any scant <laughs> reference to it. Just implying that there's a big a story, there's a continuity that's there just below the surface. I think that's one of those things that uh, really perpetuates a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Of just picking apart little little hints, this idea that like if you are smart enough or come, come at it from the right perspective, it's all laid out for you, you know. The information's there, you've just got to find it. Yeah, we're so close. All it would take is the the right man to, to sort it out, and that could be you. That could be you. It is a wonderful story, it's a wonderful idea, and I'd be lying if I said that I'm not excited by the idea of there being this unexplored place. That's part of the reason why the story has persisted for so long, because mm -hmm. it, it taps into that old-school wonder of, of exploration, the idea of these these dangerous monsters. That's exciting. Yeah, there's the idea that um, I was reading someone's thesis who was writing about this. The idea that certain narratives are just inherently quite satisfying. <laughs> you know, they've got a, just a very good beginning, middle and an end. Right. So just this idea of <laughs> falling through the Earth's crust and finding this civilization and having all of these revelations about what you thought you knew and then getting home safely. It's just a satisfying little narrative. And it's kind of all of these stories take that. And I think it's one of those stories that has persisted even before it was a genre, even before there was scientific backing for it. It's just a story that people tell this discovering some world changing thing and going back home and safe. It's just inherently satisfying <laughs> yeah this might seem like a bit weird but um this is all reminding me of alice in wonderland a little bit you know the rabbit mm. hole and all that stuff it's fascinating to me i think more so than, than anything else is just how many places these stories have permeated uh, in our culture and it'll be interesting to see wh where this idea goes you know we've, we've seen it in a big blockbuster movie yes you know? i hope we get some more books and stuff about it soon yeah that aren't just digging up the same old stuff like i want someone to come out Today, I want Stephen Fry <laughs> to come out and be like, oh, no, it is interior. Yes. <laughs> oh, don't you know? I want it. That's what Biggie was, was singing about, you know, the, the interior allegations. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was inside all along. <laughs> it was terrible. That's it. You killed it. It's the end. Right, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>